from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Touchdown, Kareem Hunt! <laughs> well, you haven't heard that in a while, have you folks? Man, that feels good. <laughs> I bet it feels good for him, too. Quite a night for the rookie. Back on track, uh, had holes to run through, made a lot of yards himself. Uh, a nice outing. Uh, we are live for you. It's a little bit after the game is concluded. We will have a rundown of everything that we saw. Thank you for listening to us tonight, and check out the rest of the podcast network. We have great stuff out there for you. Make sure you check out PFF. We're still doing our giveaway with them. Just leave your comment and review in iTunes for us with your Twitter handle, and they're going to pick us at random. But, man, there's there's plenty to talk about. The offense looked good all the way around and pretty consistent. Yeah, by the way, I'm Chris, and, and that was Ryan. Uh, oh, what's in my in name? In case you're wondering. Uh, well, yeah, we could go down that road, but we don't really need to. No, they looked very good on offense. I was, I was impressed. I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little nervous when they came out at the end of, or at the beginning of the second half and didn't do anything with the ball, but, uh, yeah. they're able, they're able to get it going later on. Well, and that's, that's probably a good place to start. And yes, uh, I'm Ryan Tracy. Founder of Rogue Analytics. I write over at Chiefs Digest as well as our site, lockedonchiefs.com. If you haven't seen those links, it's brand new. All of our stuff is there. Wherever we write else, we pull it in there, lockedonchiefs.com. Yeah, and both of us, uh, and my name is Chris Clark. I am a staff writer at Arrowhead Addict, and I am the editor at lockedonchiefs.com. Um, you know, the one thing that really stood out to me was the way the defense was able to play. I thought there was intensity from the start of the game, and that really impressed me throughout the entire game because I thought the intensity was there the entire game as well. Yeah, me too. You know, and like you said, it waned there at the at the end of the first half, and that's that's the tale of two halves is is what I want to bring up and frustration there trying to close up the half, get some points, knowing you're getting the ball back, and you feel that kind of claw of conservatism uh, come in, not pushing the field. There was plenty of time on the clock. They had timeouts, uh, but you saw him kind of shut it down in preparation for that field goal. Uh, congratulations to the Chargers. The icing a kicker worked for once. Um, not going to take a whole lot away from the rookie on that one. Uh, had plenty of leg for it. Hit it the first time, missed it the second, came back and hit a, a one that was, I think, a yard longer later in the game. yard uh, shorter, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was 51. He missed the 52. Uh, yeah, that 52-yard field goal might have been able to set an NFL record with as high up on the goalpost as it was. Yeah, um, plenty of leg. Yeah. And you saw later on the 51-yarder where he 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 kicked the, the leg down a little bit because uh, he, didn't, he knew he didn't need to kill it as much as he thought he did. Uh, by the way, I have to ask this. What did you think of uh, Tyreek Hill's touchdown celebration? I thought it was great. I think my favorite part is Albert Wilson in the back holding up the gas can. <laughs> that was pretty good for the short guy. Yeah, the gas can. I love Sherman doing the, uh, you know, jacking up the tires and changing the tires, you know, the shoes. That was pretty I, – I really enjoy the fact that the NFL is letting these players celebrate like this because I think it really brings out personality that you don't normally see. And that's important uh, for a game that has a lot of separation between its fans and its elite athletes. Uh, that's a good connection to be able to make. No, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Albert Wilson holding the 
gas can at the back. Um, he played another significant role. Uh, the stats aren't going to show it, but he's doing so many things for this Chiefs offense that do not show up on the stat sheet. For sure. And that brings me to the second half of, of, of what I was saying earlier about the, the feeling that you got that they got conservative at the end of the first half. Later, at the end of the game, when they're making that drive, and I put a tweet out uh, Saturday night. Go back and check that out. I've used like eight plays. Six of them went to Hunt. Two of them got significant significant help from Albert Wilson in the blocking game. And what you saw from Matt Nagy there was he gave the ball to hunt six times out of eight and five of them were on the ground. He he ground out five carries for 54 yards on that last TD drive. Uh, And that was really the turning point. I thought Uh, the trust in the rookie and the line who has struggled. We all know for quite a while. uh, I thought that was significant. Yeah, I think the offensive line played better, though, uh, down the stretch. And obviously, you know, this Chargers team is not built to stop the run. They're built to stop the pass. And eventually that's something that they're going to be able to fix in the coming year maybe. But for right now, it's good for Kansas City to be able to show that they can run the ball and run it effectively because if they can continue to do that down the stretch, it'll really help them. Uh, and I think that they're – Eight-minute drive, I think it ended up in a – and maybe it ended up in a field goal, I think, in the first half or in the first quarter. That eight-minute drive really chews up and really grinds on a defense later in the game, especially with all the injuries the Chargers ended up having. Yeah, man, it turned into a bloodbath late. There was a lot of injuries in this game. Uh, the injury reports for both teams, including the Chiefs, are going to be interesting here uh, early in the week as they get ready for uh, next week uh, against the Dolphins. Some significant things, and we're going to talk about those as well. Um, uh, one thing I did want to break up, bring up is that uh, unlike the rest of what we've seen from Smith and Nagy, Smith, uh, what, 23 for 30? 230 yards. His only deep strike beyond 10 yards in the air was the touchdown to Hill. Is that a concern for you, given that he's been averaging four or five all season, and and now what would normally be a breakdown, the last time he didn't throw for more than four yards in 20-plus, they lost. It would be more concerning to me if they didn't get up early in the the third quarter. Uh, I think that, you know, I think Nagy went a little bit more conservative than maybe necessary uh, later in the game uh, in in the third quarter, in the early fourth quarter. Uh, And I think that's where you really see them start taking shots uh, if they're not up by, you know, a score or, you know, you know, or up two scores. I mean, when they got up, you know, going into the fourth quarter, you're up almost two scores. You're not going to be necessarily taking shots down the field because at that point you're trying to draw the game out and, and run the ball. So, you know, it doesn't really concern me near as much. Well, and that's a good point because they actually did what they were supposed to do tonight. So thanks to Matt and Aggie for taking over this thing. Um, it does shed no a trick little bit of light on that. I know, right? Nobody threw a ball except Alex Smith. So everybody take a breath and be happy. Although I did not like his uh, pitch, his uh, option play. Yeah, I, I, I saw you put that on Twitter. I, I liked it. I, I thought it showed some grit, and I thought it was really up to him. He could have drawn a little bit more and, and held that ball so that he didn't end up as a blocker, but I think he felt like the best thing for the play was to get that ball pitched early. 
And I agree with that. I just don't like seeing the QB take that kind of – I mean, if the defender wanted to, they could have taken a cheap shot. Uh, because that, at that point, you're in a free shot position, and that's really my issue with that call is you're putting your QB in a situation where he can get cheap shotted, and it's legal at that point. Um, and, you know, you look at an, another penalty a little bit later in the game, that Benny Logan penalty where he got a personal foul – uh, on uh, what was it, Parker's uh, fumble recovery? That uh-huh. was a joke. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, that's a free ball situation. Uh, Hunter Henry is is not a receiver at that point. He's just a guy on a field. Logan hit him with his hat in front. That is a legitimate legal hit, and uh, and it wasn't a cheap shot either. And no, the play was live, and he was yeah. within striking distance of making a tackle. Yeah. I think the refs get carried away, and, and they're they're calling and throwing flags based on the result rather than the actual form of what happens on the field. Uh, I think what you saw in the number of late flags in this game in particular are also addressing that. And I, I think the NFL's got a couple of crews on on their roster that they have got to overhaul. Well, it almost looked like there was two separate calls. Uh, one went for Kansas City, one went against them. Uh, I think the one that went against them was early in the game, and it was Keenan Allen was calling for a, a pass interference that came in real late. And then Albert Wilson was calling for pass interference, and it came in real late. Now, whether or not it was truly pass interference, okay, um, you know that doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is that you can't throw those flags two or three seconds after the play's dead. Because uh, then it just looks like you're throwing the flag because the player's calling for it. Yeah, I, exactly. And, you know, they, there's always a Q&A process. Um, you know, new director of scouting this year. Uh, they need to get down and get those reviews and get some of these crews figured out, um, both from a leadership pa- standpoint, the actual referee, as well as how young maybe some of these crews are. I don't know all the people that are on them, but the, the Q&A process for the referees themselves needs to be uh, very strict in this offseason, I think. Yep. I, I can't disagree with that. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to really change the subject, but this is kind of cool. Uh, NFL just tweeted out, Tom Bahali was giving pass rushing tips to Joey Bosa after the game. And they've got a video out there of it, 30 seconds worth. That seems counterproductive to me. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, and I get, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's, you know, and they're right. Their tweet basically says football is family, and they're right. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily like that because that seems counterproductive because it looks like you're giving the uh, the opposition, opposition an edge. Yeah, yeah right? Let's uh, not but, do that. But at, the, but at the same time, you know what? I'm sorry. They're not going to play the Chargers again probably until next year, so – I'm pretty sure Joey Bosa would have learned things between now and then anyway. Okay, I I guess I can get on board with that, but it's still not something I want to see. But speaking of Bosa, you know, a lot of talk touting the pass rush for the Chargers coming into this game. Um, What a lot of analysts considered the best tandem uh, of pass rushers in the league in Ingram and Bosa. Um, Let's see, total for the evening, one sack, Two QB hits. Okay. I, I think what you saw was probably the best performance by the Chiefs tackle tandem uh, of the whole, entire season tonight. 
Yeah, and Mitchell Schwartz has been shut down, and his brother wants to make sure that everybody knows it. Uh, and, Jeff, that was an awesome tweet. I will give you credit for that. Uh, and a great signing for Kansas City when they signed him. Um, Mitchell Schwartz has been nothing short of fantastic this year for Kansas City. Uh, yes, he may give up one or two plays a game uh, where you think he gets beat pretty bad, um, and you've seen that. Uh, you know, game in and game out, he may give up one play. Uh, but, you know, you take that from a tackle because he's going against a guy for usually 60 plays. So one play <laughs> out of 60, that's a pretty good average. Sure, you can take that and live to fight another day. Absolutely. Now, on the other side of the ball, I think we talked about it a little bit, but uh, Eric Fisher had a good night. I I, I think that uh, that one penalty, hands in the face, uh, not too concerned about that. I, w- I thought it was a little ticky-tack myself, but uh, solid outing from him. Kept the pass rushers at bay. They ran over his position uh, and outside for the most yardage for Kareem Hunt tonight, uh, 74 yards on eight attempts. So all-around game from Eric Fisher was really high quality. Yeah, Eric Fisher is really showing that he has a lot of value to this team. Um, I'm very impressed with what I have seen from Eric Fisher. I I think he is going to continue to be a player that Kansas City is going to be able to count on. I don't think – you know, he may never be a pro bowler. But if he is good enough, if he is able to do what he did tonight on a regular basis, he's good enough to play in this league, and he's good enough to be uh, their left tackle. Yeah, I, you don't I have to have agree. a you don't have to have a Pro Bowler. And if you look at and I go back and I said this when they signed him to his contract, when they signed him to his contract, people thought he was being overpaid. In two years, uh, you know, it's almost been two years since he signed that contract. He will be middle of the league in on that deal. Uh, and you know, I think they got a good value for what they got. Now I will, I do want to say something, uh, you know, we had Eric Eager on the show last week. Uh, he tweeted something out. Cream hunts, 97 rushing yards after contact were a career high. His 58 rushing yards before contact were the third most he's had this season behind week behind week three, when they played the chargers in week one against the Patriots. So he had obviously he had a fantastic night going for over 200 yards, but his 97 yards after contact was uh, very impressive as well. Yeah, uh, this is this is what you wanted to see Kareem Hunt become as you got a taste of it early in the season, and I've seen a lot of people theorizing that that you know he hit a wall and then he came back but you know another significant portion of what we saw during this losing streak they weren't using him very much he was getting you know at least one game with less than 10 carries so i think maybe that was part of the reed mentality of protecting him for the long haul so that he is fresher now um whether that's the case or not uh, the end result is that kareem hunt looks as good you know, this Saturday night in December, as he did his first night game in September. So that's a thing that is impressive uh, and very good in terms of a positive step forward, looking at the playoff picture for this team. Absolutely. And I think he's going to be a very big thing for Kansas City moving forward. You know, you look at what he's been able to do throughout the season. And, you know, if they can find a way to get him, you know, Rich Eisen said before the game, you know, if he goes over 100 yards, Kansas City wins. If he doesn't, they lose. And I'm not going to say it's that simple, but I think there's a lot of correlation there because if he's able to go over 100 yards rushing, uh, it means they're able to move the ball. And generally, unless he's breaking a big one, uh, it means they're able to run the ball regularly very well. 
Yeah, I, a staple, something that they're going to have to do uh, against these two teams who uh, a lot of national analysts seem to forget that they've beaten these Patriots already. Uh, but certainly against Pittsburgh, who's been the thorn in their side, controlling the ball with your offense helps you avoid the Levin Bell situation. So uh, definitely something. And, and I like how aggressive this offensive line came out drive blocks, uh, again, a, a lot of inside-outside zone, a lot of simple blocking schemes uh, where it, I actually thought, you know, you, you see them smiling in between plays like like they're able to get um, themselves under their feet. And I think that's the biggest sign of, of progress for this particular group of athletes. No, and I agree. I think the offensive line looked like they were uh, pretty happy with their performance tonight, and they should be. They, you know, paved the way for Kareem Hunt to, you know, control the game, and they kept Alex Smith upright for the most part. Uh, and that's the important thing as an offensive line for you to do. So I think they played a very good game. Now, what's going to be interesting to me coming down the stretch is, you know, Tyree Kill got over a thousand yards receiving for the first time in his career. Um, you know, I think he has eleven touchdowns over fifty yards in his first two seasons. Uh, something that's just absolutely insane. He's got 20 total, 11 that are 50 pluses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's a stat that you just don't hear every year. I'm sorry. I, I can't remember the last time we heard anything like that. Right. And, you know, Travis Kelsey's, I think, less than 10 yards short of hitting 1,000, so he'll hit 1,000 this year as well. Uh, and, and you got Alex Smith that's closing in. He's, you know, about 250 yards shy, maybe 260 yards shy of hitting 4,000 for the year, um, which would be obviously he's already at a career high as is. So mm-hmm. obviously that's a milestone that's pretty rare air. You hear about that with with the Rodgers and the Breezes and the Bradys. Uh, that's right. a significant step for Alex Smith and this offense. Right. And, you know, with two games to play, you got to figure he's going to hit that. Although I will play devil's advocate for a second. If you go in and you – win this next game, as long as Jacksonville wins the next two, I don't know that you have anything to play for in week 16 or week 17. Oh, don't start the Mahomes talk now. I'm not starting it. I'm just saying, <laughs> devil's advocate. What do you have to play for in week 17 if you can't improve your position in the playoffs because the Jags wow. are two games up? Good Lord. I'm going to be at that game. So if Mahomes happens to make his debut, I'll give you all my firsthand take on it. <laughs> yeah, and I will uh, be uh, insanely jealous of the fact that you will be there. Um, but, you know, all I'm saying is is that you look at what is going on, and that is a legitimate question that, you know, we'll have to discuss down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're sitting there right now. Let's see. Jacksonville's 9-4. and four. If they win two more games, they will. If they win one more game, if they win two more games, they win tomorrow, which I would think that they're favored. Uh, I, I really don't know that Kansas City can do anything in in week seventeen if they win against Miami. So they have nothing to play for at that point. So then you would see a chance of seeing Patrick Mahomes. How crazy would that be? <laughs> It's only going to get further nuts from here. Absolutely. Um, but let's talk about the guys who did play tonight. On the defense, I again brought a cohesive unit. Uh, aggression on every level of, of the defense. Uh, started off pretty hot with uh, Chris Jones getting some pressure. My guy Eric Murray showed up in a big way early. Um, Love that blitz. Yeah, well-timed, well-called, Bob. 
Yeah. Uh, Bob, Bob did some things that were interesting. He was, he was creative tonight, and I was very impressed by that. Yeah, brought a couple of overloads that I noticed. Um, flipped the tackles. I tell you what, had Alan Bailey out on, on a you know a shaded outside the tackle technique that I thought worked. Um, like seeing that raw power just bowling those guys over. You know, get creative with it. Um, dropping Penny Logan into coverage, not my thing. Yeah, and I saw Tom Bahali inside rushing uh, in in Alan Bailey's spot towards the end of the game. Um, so they were still getting creative towards the end of the game uh, with what they were doing. Uh, K-Pass, I thought, looked pretty good coming from the, out, from the outside uh, in multiple scenarios tonight. Um, you know, hopefully we don't know right now. KPL, they say he's dealing with a shoulder issue uh, after the game. So hopefully he's able to come back and play. I think he's been a bright spot on this defense, obviously. Uh, Reggie Ragland didn't really have a big game for Kansas City this week. You know, but I thought he showed up in in key times. Um, I thought Marcus Peters stripped that one fumble out. Yeah. Uh, he was actively going after it. Uh, turns out, according to uh, the people that had the other angles, that it was Raglan making that punch out. So a timely play on his part. Uh, maybe not a huge impact game, but that, that's a pretty big play. No, and I'm not trying to say he wasn't good. I'm just saying he has he wasn't near as impactful as he has been in the past several weeks. Um, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing on his regard. I, I just think that it was interesting that uh, he was not uh, near as noticeable as he has been. And that's fair. Uh, the guy that was noticeable is a guy who was absent last week, uh, and Marcus Peters showed up all the way around yep. for a much better performance. Uh, no acting up. Not only did he tackle some in the run game, come up with his uh, – I mean, obviously a double interception game is – significant as well as at least partially causing that fumble. But uh, here's the big thing for me, six targets, zero receptions allowed. Well, zero receptions allowed. Keenan Allen ended up going for five catches, 54 yards total against his Chiefs defense, was which he had been on a four-game tear of going over 100 yards every, every game and uh, getting, I think, eight or nine receptions a game. So they were able to slow him down and keep him out of the end zone. And Marcus Peters, you're right, he did look very good. And he had a key play, uh, and I can't remember, maybe it was Travis Benjamin uh, that caught a ball that looked like he was maybe an in. I, don't quote me on the route. Uh, but it was a third down, and Marcus Peters came up, and the receiver was three or four yards short of the first down marker. Marcus Peters came up and hit him and took him down and made sure he didn't get to the first down marker. Uh, that ended up being a big play because the next play was a – interception that Justin Houston caused with pressure. Yeah, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I, it was great to see that, but he also had a, a nice Olay move at another point. Uh, somebody was hurdling somebody. There were spikes in the air, so I, I'll give him a little bit of leeway here. Well, I, I still, is that what that – okay. That was Eckler. It still feels like Marcus is concerned about his second contract. If, oh, I don't disagree if, with that. I, I'm just saying I was impressed that he went and got it. He actually – because – Three, two weeks ago, he doesn't go make that tackle. I agree with you, and that's what, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, okay, he kind of maneuvered out of the way of that one. Um, that's that's something that can cause an injury. I'll give him leeway on that because he played well-rounded in the rest of it and did tackle well. Um, my big thing is he was he was up uh, and uh, didn't allow catches, and that that's what I think a shutdown corner is supposed to be. So uh, I thought that was a positive thing. If they can get that and another solid performance from Revis – 
Uh, this team's looking good on the outsides now. Well, and they didn't necessarily jam at the line, but they played up at the line on with the corners most of the night. Exactly. Uh, it wasn't that they necessarily, like I said, they didn't necessarily jam them at the line, but they were playing up and they were pressing and they were getting at least making it look like they were going to get them off their route. Um, so I was happy to see that as well. Yeah, and, and that's what they have to do. That that plays into what this group of DBs is good at. Absolutely. There's no way around it. No, I, I completely agree. This 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 team is better when they get up and they press. A couple of, of injuries we need to talk about. Um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis left the game. Jarvis, my fault. Jarvis, yes. My apologies, Jarvis. Uh, two guys that have been playing, uh, especially the last two weeks, um, some significant stats. So want to get an update on them. Um, I'm not sure the the initial look at it. Um, Andy Reid said right after the game that uh, KPL is, is a shoulder that's quote-unquote bothering him. Um, to me, it looked like, like he took a pretty good hit. Um, tingling maybe, uh, trying to move his fingers. That's usually a sign of a stinger. Uh, it could be a slight AC separation or a sprain. Um, a separation is usually an injury that lasts a little bit long. A sprain, uh, some guys can play through. So I think it's just going to be day-to-day on him. And we'll look for more information on Jarvis. Uh, I think they termed it an elbow sprain, but no update beyond that. Yeah, and I'm hopeful that KPL is going to be okay and able to play going into the future. Uh, I thought the injury looked a lot worse the way he was shaking his arm. Uh, I thought maybe he broke something because he was holding his hand, but uh, looks like that is not the case. So that is a good sign. We will see. We'll have an update for you as soon as we get it. That's likely to come uh, sometime Sunday. Uh, I will be watching Star Wars, so uh, that's why we're recording right after this game. Hope you guys are listening on Sunday, but uh, Chris will get you an update at some point. Oh, Star Wars was awesome, by the way. Um, just wait until you see. La, 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 shut up. No, wait a second. There were some awesome scenes, like this one scene where. Oh, tell me. No, 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 no. I'll cut it. Go ahead, cut it. It's not going to affect me. <laughs> doesn't doesn't bother me. Oh, good lord. Okay, let's get to a couple of things that that need to be said. And uh, I know we argued about this on Twitter. Dan Sorensen had a rough night in coverage again. You can say what you want. It looked like to me he was blitzing, not not in coverage of Allen on that play, but. I will. I'll have to go back and watch it because, from what I saw, it looked like he was on. He was supposed to be blitzing at that point. Uh, I'll pull it. He 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 dropped back into coverage. The problem was it was it was not the greatest design to play because he was covering a guy. Allen lined up in the slot, uh, the most interior I think on a side that had three wideouts. Uh, but Swanson was the opposite linebacker position. He was not closest to him, so he had to run across the formation behind DJ, I think it was. Uh, so, not the best design, but definitely he bid on the shallow route and, and came off of his guy, and, that, and that's what it was. But You know... He made a big play later in the game. Exactly. He, he made a big play. He made a couple of good tackles. I think he was the leading tackler overall. Uh, as he is uh, for Kansas City this season in general. Oh, DJ caught up. I lied. Sorensen four and, and one, uh, DJ six. So, but still, yeah, it, it's you know it's ups and downs, and we and we all know what he brings. Um, 
when the snap cuts count, I'm going to be really interested to see how much Murray ended up playing because I think you got to have that solid three rotation. Uh, and that's really going to be key for them as they move on uh, to, to finish out the last couple of weeks of the regular season. And specifically, uh, they are going to have, uh, if everything stays the way it is and they are the lowest seed of the division winners, they're going to host a wild card game. So it will be an Arrowhead game. Yeah, I don't think that's going to change. I don't. I don't see Jacksonville losing out, although it's possible, or um, any of those other scenarios. So, I, I do believe they will be hosting a wild card game. Um, and, and as far as Eric Murray's concerned, I, it'll be interesting to see how many snaps he played. I thought he looked good from what I saw on the snaps he did play. Uh, and I could be wrong on this, but I thought Acker is playing a little bit of safety as well. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's going to be interesting to go look at the film. And maybe it was just that one. Maybe it was just one specific play where he seemed to be so deep that I thought he was a safety. But uh, I, I thought I saw him back there. Well, folks, we haven't done this in a long time uh, because for obvious reasons. But man, if you had to give out a game ball, who would you give it to? Cream Hunt. Fair enough. I, I, I'd take the whole offensive line unit. Those guys are getting stakes tomorrow as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, I think I think Kareem Hunt and Alex Smith will be treating those guys very well for Christmas. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Kelsey isn't treating those guys very well for Christmas as well. Uh, you know, I do think that the offensive line played a great game, and it's encouraging to see them play a good game when they just lost their captain in the middle. Um, with Mitch Morse going to IR this week. Yeah, a, a tough, tough change, but this is this is what happens. So uh, they will move on. Mitch will be back for next season and be better for it, and, and they have to continue to patch. And if these guys can run straight forward like they did tonight against what was considered a very good front, more power to them. They'll be, they'll be on their way. Well, they were very – they're a good – very good pass rushing front. They're not a very good – running front. So we'll see if they are able to do the same against the Dolphins, who I think are much better against the power against the run. Cause I think, I think Indomitian Sue is going to be somebody that is not going to be fun to watch against this team. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to those snaps against LDT. I like, I like that matchup. It's going to be interesting. Oh, LDT. Yes. Witzman, not so much. No, no. Um, that's, yeah. Fulton, probably not, not even to go there. We're going to enjoy this win tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Well, folks, that's it for us tonight. Thank you for watching the game. Thanks for tuning in with us. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Star Wars weekend. I know I will. And we'll be back with you for more information as it comes out as they get ready for the Dolphins. And going from there, enjoy your Chiefs win. They uh, they have the AFC West in their hand. As long as they don't mess anything up, they should be golden. And thanks for listening to us today. Thanks for listening we'll to, talk to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.